I'm Felina. And I'm Summer. And you are listening to Broke and Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. Hey, broken people. This is Summer. And this is Felina. And today we have Angelina Steinmeier. Mm-hmm. Please tell me I said your name right. You did. Okay. <laughs> and how old are you? I'm 15 years. I'm turning 16 in a month. Less than. A month. Like two weeks. So. Awesome. I'm 16. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So, um, what's your current title, Miss? I am Junior Miss Indian Oklahoma. So she's a princess, a a bona fide princess. (laughs) I love seeing her in her crown. That's awesome. (laughs) I we're gonna have to get a picture of that for the cover because I would like to see that. For sure. For sure. So, how did you get interested in that? Okay. So, in 2017, my cousin. was murdered in Lawton and so I started working with MMIW and I decided that hey I should put this out there and let more people know so I decided to run for my first pageant over the whole state of Oklahoma so now I represent all 39 tribes of the state of Oklahoma wow so that was your first pageant it was you went big I went big (laughs) get bigger go home I like it wow I like it. Yeah. So, awesome. um, MMIW is uh, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, for the listeners that aren't aware. Um, do you want to kind of give a little bit about what that is? Or? So, the, I guess, I work with mostly Southwestern chapter, I guess you could say. They're a group that focuses on people that have been murdered or... Uh, were kidnapped in the southwestern region of Oklahoma, as far as missing and murdered indigenous women goes. Um, they cover a few specific um, cases. Mm-hmm. So, as far as my cousin goes, and I think there are three more that they focus on getting recognition of in Lawton, mainly around the Comanche Nation area. Um, so, I mainly work with them as far as that goes just because that's where I'm from Mm -hmm. um so I really focus on recognition and uh, letting people know about my aunt's case because it's not widely spread and telling people the facts and not just hey this is a problem more like every four out of five women will be sexually assaulted in their life Mm -hmm. because that's messed up it is in reality Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, Angie and I both spoke at that. Um, we did a uh, one of the, the sessions, the breakout sessions at the Women's March this year mm-hmm. for this past year. I don't even remember the date. I don't know what month it is now. Um, <laughs> but the last one. And she spoke the other day at the uh, the climate thingy. What is it again? The climate strike is technically, I think it's the Youth Climate Strike Summit. I think that's the full title. Um, it was in Oklahoma City at the Capitol building, and I spoke there on how indigenous lives are affected by climate change. Um, I spoke about California nations and how they are affected because of the oceanic warming, because it kills their red abalone mainly, and that's their ceremonial food source, it's where they get their regalia from. All of their stories come from this abalone, so I focused on telling people about that instead of the rest of the country and how it affects suburban areas. So if they that's, lose the red abalone, that's a huge part of their culture. It's gone. absolutely huge. Huge. What it's, will it mean? 
it's their culture. It's their stories. I, I told a story about abalone woman, and it's a domestic violence awareness. So I was able to bring my platform into that also. Um, so it's about uh, Northman hurting abalone woman and her tears becoming the abalone shells. So it's about respecting your gifts and how abalone woman shouldn't have let him treat her in that way because he didn't respect her gift. Men should respect women and women should respect their own gifts. And that's the story, that's what it tells. Um, so I focused on that aspect because that's where all of our stories come from is our, our creation stories. So without those, we wouldn't have morals, we wouldn't have ideas, we wouldn't have rules. That's where your culture comes from. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. I can't believe that you are only 15. Thank I know you. that you're almost 16, but wow. Thank that's you. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very impressed by this girl right here right now. It, she's yeah. amazing. I know. She gave me, um, <laughs> we were at Matriarch here a couple weeks ago, and she actually did her um, her story of, um, for us before the climate summit. And I am not a very emotional person. It takes a lot to get, <laughs> to get me worked up, but she did. I was I was getting all emotional over there. I made her a pair of earrings while she was talking because I was <laughs> because it did. It was really touching, and she is a very impressive young woman. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Where Where do you live right now? I live in Norman. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you live here. I do too. Where do you go to school? I'm homeschooled through Epic. Okay. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about Epic. So Epic is an online charter school. It's just like public school. Uh, you still have to do your school. You have to meet with your teacher. Uh, we meet once a week for study hall. Um, you have to have your shots. So it's online public school. Sure. Um, it's I like that specifically because I'm able to interact with people more than just being um, an individual with my brother and I. <laughs> it's easier to talk to people about needing help because if my mom doesn't know, then I'm stuck. So. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot better just because I get to interact with more people. Yeah. That's a totally different experience than I think any of us probably ever had. Right. I, I mean... A couple of my kids are in Epic. And are it's they? Pretty interesting. Okay. Yes, my two juvenile delinquents are in Epic <laughs> because they got in trouble in school. <laughs> We've talked about this. I, I had one who actually, it, he had a vape at school. It wasn't his, but, you know, everybody who touched it got in trouble. Um... But in the town that we lived in at that time, it was an automatic court referral. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, court involvement over this? This is ridiculous. I pulled him out of school. And uh, now he doesn't want to go back to regular school um, so that he can work and have a more (laughs) flexible schedule. So, And then my um, 13-year-old had to go to Epic because she got um, suspended from school because, again, in that same town... Her little friend brought one of those little bottles of wine to school, and they shared it between like a whole the whole choir, you know. And so each one got like two sips, and it's automatic like forty five days suspension. So she got suspended for the rest of school. But since she's special ed, she could it doesn't really work to just send home packets of work for her to do. So I put her in Epic so she would have. Um, special ed accommodations so she has a special ed teacher who comes over once once a week and help and works with her and like her speech therapist will do um like google hangouts so Mm -hmm. the video chat so they can work on her on her speech and things 
So. Well, I know that this isn't necessarily the topic of the conversation, <laughs> but I'm like learning about this for the first time, so right. that's pretty cool. Yeah, so while I'm not necessarily a fan of the whole quote school choice, Epic given the lack a, of options, it has been, it's a, been life a pretty saver decent for us. option. Yes. And you like it? I do. Um, my future is actually letting me do two school years within the next year, so I plan on graduating oh. around fall of 2020. Chata um, wanted to do that, but they wouldn't let him do it. <laughs> well, you must be smart. Oh, I like to say that I am. <laughs> that's okay. You should be confident oh, in yeah, your abilities. If you know that you are smart, then that's okay to say so. I'm pretty smart. I worked in a bone lab. I, you yeah, said what? She's got so not going to, on. You yeah. worked in a what? I worked in an osteology lab for a summer. Really? That mm-hmm. sounds fascinating. What did you do in there? I Okay, so we worked with Wichita skeletons. They were around 1,500 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we aged them, sexed them. Sometimes we could determine the how they died, when they right. died. Um, you ever watch the show Bones? This mm-hmm. is what I'm seeing in my head. Oh, yeah. I was just like Dr. <laughs> Brennan. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we worked with a few. Uh, we worked with some kids and we worked with some adults and actually my favorite was 035 uh, she came from she quotations came from the <laughs> wichita mountain area um, we were convinced it was a male skeleton just because the pelvis was so small and the muscle attachments were huge they were giant oh, really? but uh dr snow had determined that it, she was a female um but it was just crazy because of how huge the skeleton was what did we say she was going to be around six foot tall around seven foot tall yeah Wow. All the parts required were like broken and like turned to dust and it was bad. That was a fun skeleton. Can you introduce the the voice from 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 afar that we've heard? Um, That's my brother Killian. (laughs) Hi Killian. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I've worked a few different fun things like that that I like to... That requires some some uh, intellect. Oh, yeah. I would say so. So you're interested in doing something like that in the future? Absolutely. Um, for a while, as far as we're still concerned, my plan is to either become a professor in biological anthropology because um, my mentor... I didn't even know what biological anthropology was at 16. Sorry. No, me neither. My mentor, uh, Leslie Rankin-Hill... She kind of inspired me in such an incredible way. She was amazing. Um, we think she moved to Florida? Not yet. Not yet? Okay, she still lives here then. Um, but she plans on moving to Florida. And she kind of, she kick-started me. And she let me work in the bone lab. And it was a really fun experience. So I kind of, that's kind of what I want to do in the future is be like her. So that's fun. awesome. Aww. Incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. So you mentioned a moment ago uh, that you have a platform. Mm-hmm. What is your platform? My platform is Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. It's honoring and bringing awareness to Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. So if I am someone that knows nothing about that, what do you tell me? Uh, well, I guess I explain some statistics. and So I'd start with uh, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women is its not a group, but it's kind of... Uh, I guess the only way to explain it is as a platform... Um, for bringing awareness to these cases. There are over 5,000 missing persons cases in the U.S. and Canada alone, um, just for indigenous women. So that's kind of where it all started is in Canada. Um, Some backstory, I guess. It's just been going on for the last few years since around 19... 
80, I think people actually started paying attention to the decreasing numbers of indigenous women in that area. Um, and with the with Canada, there's always been sterilization cases and mm-hmm. really? things like that. Yeah, forced sterilization of Native women. Absolutely. Really? I didn't know. I don't know any of this. Some are, I, through our podcast series, I've learned a lot more about Native culture than I knew before because of Summer and some of the people that she's brought in as guests. So yeah, but yeah. So it's it all kind of started in Canada and then spread out from there. Um, I really pay attention to, like I said, the statistics and letting people know that this is an actual issue. It's not just something that people should ignore because these are human beings Mm -hmm. with names and families and dreams that will never get fulfilled because they're somewhere. No one knows where. They could have a different identity at this point because they're too scared to come back because they're worried it'll happen again. And it's just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. And nobody really seems to be aware that this is an epidemic. Absolutely. And that's kind of where I come in. That's part of my your job. platform. Yeah. Yeah. To make to bring awareness to this issue. Yeah. And I'm hoping I'm I hope that I'm doing that because I have been putting a lot of effort. It's that something I'm absolutely passionate about. And like I said, I hope that I'm succeeding in letting people know that it's an actual issue. By making it something that people talk about, even if I'm the only person, which I won't be, but even if I was the only person who was like, Oh, I didn't know that was an issue and now I do that is succeeding. Yeah. You know. So where all have you uh, had the opportunity to have appearances for uh, with your uh, crown? So I've worked a lot with, like I said, Southwestern MMIW. I've gone to a few of their powwows uh, where I make an appearance. And I speak on behalf of my aunt and my family there. I've worked with Gamma Delta Pi during their Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Remembrance Week. Um, I've worked with my tribe and and what is your tribe i'm comanche okay so like i said we i grew up in lawton so right around that area is where i tend to focus on my miss is muskogee creek so she kind of covers the top half of the state and i kind of cover the bottom half of the state so we're pretty central i've spoken at in oklahoma city um technically i spoke in newkirk when i was there for the pageant um and tulsa area so pretty much, I kind of vary. Yeah, I've just yeah. been all over the place. Yeah, all over the state. Oh yes. So here in town, um, the Native Alliance Against Violence. I've worked with them a lot. Um, they are not only MMIW, but it's violence against women. It's the whole VAWA Act. Um, so they focus on being a resource. And they work with, what do they have, like, five different offices with different nations? Oh, yeah, they work with different tribes. Um, So they have different shelters, and they have different um, clothing, what is the technical term? Clothing banks? Yeah, like with my tribe, we have a women's shelter and a children's shelter. So they kind of work with those areas to help get funding for them. Yeah, so I work with them a whole lot because... It's my platform, and I've done a few photo shoots to bring awareness to these things on more social media level. Um, so those have gone around. It's pretty neat. That's really impressive. I was, I'm trying to think about what I was doing at 15. <laughs> it wasn't anything as productive or uh, meaningful. So 
Uh, I'm just like sitting here in awe and impressed by you. So. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I need my daughter to come home. She's almost 10 and I want her to just emulate you. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're an, a pretty impressive 15 year old. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I know I lost my train of thought, guys. <laughs> it's been a long day for summer. Now. Yes. It's been a long life. We're tired. I'm so tired. Um, (laughs) Well, I spent the whole weekend running around, and so I had no rest. Um, So, like Felita said, most of us are not doing as uh, all these good, productive things at your age. I'm glad you are. Um, But, uh, so what do you... What do you think is one of the most pressing issues for kids your age because it's been a minute since either one of us have been 16 let's not talk about how old we are, uh, we're so. not but it's it's been <laughs> at least five years and um so what do you think is it because i know times change fast technology changes fast mm-hmm. so what do you think your peer you and your peers what are what's the top issues on your mind so i try and bring awareness to my platform in all levels um, but when it comes to kids my age, mm-hmm. it's going to be less sex trafficking and more on the depression side because kids my age tend to feel alone. And it's an absolutely real thing. I have several friends that have needed to go to mental institutions for a short amount of time because of attempted suicides. And that's absolutely, it's absolutely horrible. It's sad that they feel that they that this is their only escape. So I'd say if my platform wasn't in my w it'd probably lean more on the lgbt spectrum Mm -hmm. as far as um kids who feel depressed because they can't be themselves or kids who feel depressed because they're trying to be themselves and people won't let them right um i have trans friends and i have non-binary friends and i have friends that are identify as lesbian gay bi trans I have friends of all different types of minorities and it's I think that's where I would lead to is gender expression and things like that that's great so when we were your age (laughs) those words like Mm non-binary and all of these things weren't even well, it's not even a phrase right I think we knew lesbian and gay and that was probably about it and there was a lot of, like, you talked about the mental health. It was, you didn't talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you tried, people would shut you down. It's still, so you do don't you talk feel about like it. it's changing even a little bit? Like, can you give me some hope here? Um, uh, I would say for people my age, there's definitely an outlet because I know my friends can talk to me and I know I can talk to my friends. But people feel that they cannot talk to their parents or their grandparents because these words didn't exist. Mm Because we still have that generation gap. Absolutely. So I have a friend who is transgender and their mom will not let them go on hormones because they don't agree with it. Because they're a very strict Christian family. And so it's, it's just sad not only on the aspect that their family doesn't understand them. It's that they're not willing to understand them. Sorry, I've got a, a nine-year-old friend who are uh, <laughs> he just came reading into the to the scene. We are recording a podcast right now. Hi, girls. 
Uh, do you want to, you, you're welcome to hang out in here, but we have to be kind of quiet. And that is the life of a single <laughs> mom who does 18 things right. at once all the time. Yep. So. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so but anyway, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think the only words I knew whenever I was your age were, I mean, I knew uh, what it was to be lesbian or gay. I didn't know anything else. I hadn't been exposed to anything else. I grew up in a very small town. and Same. But, I mean, I was gifted with the ability to be completely non-judgmental, which I still have, which is yeah. great. But, um, you know, obviously not everybody has that. Right. I still have to explain this stuff to my parents. Right, yeah. <laughs> my I, dad has I at least trying. got to where he... Well, he'll at least come ask me when he hears new phrases or new terms that he doesn't know, and he'll come ask me. He's like, okay, so what does this mean? That's so good. That's <laughs> so, so good. Like, okay, that's just, yeah, that's, a little bit better. We're, yeah. we're making progress because I'm a preacher's kid. Very, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was yeah. very apostolic. So he's not all the way there yet, but he's like, well, you can bring your friend over. <laughs> Even that's good. We just won't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so there's progress, but yeah, wow. Um. Incremental. Yes. <laughs> um. I mean, I'm curious about like your generation. Um, I mean, kids who are already, I think it's kind of great actually that like kids can be 14, 15 years old and like have understood this about themselves. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that that's not, anything new like I'm sure whenever we were that age that kids already knew this about themselves but even the fact that maybe it is just you as a friend that they can feel uh open enough to or safe enough to open up to I I mean I think that is progress absolutely yeah I mean so you've had friends come to you and and open up to you about their sexual orientation before Mm -hmm. absolutely I've had people that have told me before my parent or before their parents as far as like should I do this? Should I tell my parents? Am I going to get in trouble? Right. Like, is this a bad idea? Should I just wait? Like, should I try and change my mind? Like, it's 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 kind of sad that they have to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel that their parents won't accept them. Because if your parents don't accept you, then, like, you just feel below nothing. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Right. Not even my worst enemy, that their parents didn't accept them for who they were. So I have had people come out to me um, in terms of advice Mm -hmm. um, because they know. And I tell people as soon as I meet them, like, hey, if you have any issues, just message me and we can talk about it. Because that's the kind of person I've always have been. I always plan to be that way. Stay that way. That's a good thing. The world needs more people that are that way. Absolutely. I was always like that, too. And, And it's really hard when you encounter people who aren't. Because I think that um, we all kind of uh, project our an image of ourselves on others, whether we're aware of it or not. And if you're a good person and you're accepting of other people, mm-hmm. and then you assume other people will be accepting of you, and they just aren't always. Yeah. You know, and that can be a harsh reality. Oh, absolutely. Even I'm 37, and you're 15, and I mean, at 37, it's still a harsh reality mm-hmm. sometimes. So, but don't ever let it change you. I'll try. Good. <laughs> I did see that I shared an article today. I saw that Colorado has is now put forward a bill to ban conversion therapy. That's so, great considering uh, that in Colorado Springs they had like what was it the Family First initiative where they that they were like 
spearheading that. Right. So that's wonderful. So all of our listeners in Colorado, call your representatives and get that mm-hmm. pushed forward. Because Oklahoma Seriously. will not do that. We've We're in the Bible Right. We've been trying. Yeah. I know. Everyone's aware how much we suck. <laughs> I still have to complain about it a lot. Um, yeah. But let's hope that. Because, yeah, conversion therapy, I, I've taught to several survivors of conversion therapy, and it is horrific and traumatic. Do you know anybody who has been through that or been threatened with that or I do know people that have been threatened with that um it's kind of been more of a personal conversion therapy like I'm gonna try and change myself mm-hmm. or my parents are trying to change me like they're not gonna tell anyone else that they're this way and they're gonna pretend to be inclusive and all these great wonderful things but in reality when they get home they get cussed out because mm. they asked someone to call them she in public well yeah that's sad. Breaks my heart. Just because they're trying to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's frustrating. I mean, why can't we all just be more accepting? But that's what this whole humans podcast... Are, because humans are awful. I and know. They, <laughs> the planet should just... Well, <laughs> just the... Eliminate us. It, It'll be better off. <laughs> I mean, is it easier to judge? Like, is that the thing? Like, is it? Does it take less effort? I don't get it. Like, does it take less effort to just... I mean, not fight against the grain. Is is that what it is, that it takes more effort to fight it? Because I don't feel like judgment comes naturally. I, mean, I know it's something that's usually taught. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also takes a lot, in my opinion, it seems to take a lot of effort to project. It does. You know, I like, feel like a lot of it is. If you, it's, because it always seems to be, a lot of times it's from religious perspectives, but it, sure. it's always the ones who believe we are right and everybody else is wrong. And so when but other that people... that requires judgment. Yes. But then when other people, you know, they feel that's threatening because you are wrong. And so then, like, if it's their kid, well, then... They're thre- my kid they're, is they're wrong. Own... That reflects on me as a parent. And it's so their own, thre- their own reality is being threatened. Yes. Yeah, okay, I guess I can because see that. Because they don't have the ability to just process like I have these, like, I have, like, these, like, perpetual, like, scales inside my head where, like, I never really have my mind made up about anything because I'm just like, well, you know, the jury's still out. There's always more information that you could take in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very open mind I guess that's the definition of open-minded. I suppose. You know, but... Some people, they just are like, oh, well, this side of the scale is broken and this is how it <laughs> is. And, you know, and I guess I just, I I don't know. I, I guess that maybe sounds judgmental coming from you saying that, but I don't feel like that's a good way to be. Like, I'm judging you people. I'm judging you for being <laughs> judgmental. judgmental people. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of feel like even if you don't agree with something, if somebody else, whatever it is they're doing, like why? If, it if they're not hurting you, other people, why do you care? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like if it doesn't affect you, then what do you care? I don't know. What do you deal with judgment? Like, do you stand up for? I mean, I haven't asked you what if you have a, a you know non traditional sexual orientation, but whether you do or not, like, do you feel the urge to stand up for your friends who are transgender or you know identify as a minority? And- oh, absolutely. I had an argument in my car. Are with my aunt over oh. bisexual people because her boyfriend used to be bisexual. But he didn't tell her, so he lied. And he was cheating on her the whole time. With a man. With a man, because he's bisexual. And it's, so it's just, like, 
people don't just do that. Like, <laughs> you're not just because you. It's very confusing. Can like two separate genders doesn't mean you're going to always be dating two separate people. I don't. Yeah, I think that's a common misconception because oh, yes. I see that a lot that people make that assumption. Well, okay. So like I read tarot cards and it talks a lot about how you know there are masculine and feminine uh, characteristics. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all have both of them. And, uh, you know, we identify men as having more of the masculine characteristics and women having more of the feminine characteristics. But in reality, we all have both, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's no, like, you know, just because your genitalia was born a certain way is what you're identified as. But our active characteristics, that things that make us who we are, you know, maybe you have female genitalia but have more masculine characteristics or vice versa, mm-hmm. you know. And that is more I, – I actually think it's really just such a wonderfully enlightening and beautiful self-reflective thing to, like, be in tune with yourself enough to, to identify that. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And with Native Americans um... – I don't want to say we, because that sounds terrible. But Native Americans have this thing called two-spirited. And that's whenever you feel as if you are either both or the scale just tips. It's kind of, it's like gender fluid or gender flux in that case. These are all new words. Um, (laughs) So it's being in tune with. Both sides of your sure. spirit. Sure, yeah. Right. I've heard two-spirit. Right. Two-spirit mm-hmm. came yeah. from the Anishinaabe teaching. They have a sacred teaching that some of their medicine people are considered two-spirit, or two-spirit meaning they have both spirits in their body, masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. So they had, I don't know enough to, to say, yeah. <laughs> concrete that they only had three genders, but, so, but they did recognize that as a specific gender, a de- specific designation, and they have particular um spiritual duties and things like mm-hmm. that and um they hold it in like a higher regard as like mm-hmm. being a special identity right yeah and then you know every culture had different um ideas on that there's what is it one of the southwest tribes have like five genders or something <laughs> that they spell out mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's much more open it tends the most of our cultures tend to be much more open about like we have a gender binary you know Choctaw have gender binary where and we use words that roughly translate to the English word of men and women but they don't really have anything to do with your genitalia or uh or any of that they were just we have life givers and life takers and so it's really what your the role you play in the community right and it's very complicated because, like I said, our, our words translating to English words and then they start imposing the definitions on us. I'm like, that's not yeah. how that works. Um, so, yeah, like most of our cultures were much more open. So all of that came with the religious colonization that was forced on us. Absolutely. That did away with some of that and kind of suppressed some of that. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. In, in, my, in my tribe, our current um, <clears throat> elected officials are fully colonized i mean fully assimilated and um very heavily christianized and they have started 
the tribe self-publishes history books and about our culture and things, and they've gone as far as to blatantly lie about things. They like they quote Swanson's early ethnographies, um, but they t- they use one word out of his quote in order to say that we um, that we held gay people in contempt, which is not at all what he said. Mm-hmm. If you ever look at the original text, but they they've gone as far as to, like I said, completely fabricate things in order to wrap this. And they recently declared us a quote Christian nation without any consultation of the people, um, which is you know blatantly disrespectful to all of our traditional people. So wow. yeah, colonization is ongoing and and, and coming from within now. So oh, that yeah. is really creepy. That. Yeah, oh, it's that. disturbing. It is. Well, religion is such a, I mean, not to get off on a tangent, because I will, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I go off on tangents about lots of things, but religion and religious dogma, just really telling people how they should think, it's not Yeah, not and I, it's especially when you, I feel like, okay, even if you think things are one way, when you can see that you're harming people, because like you talked about, you're like the self-harm, and and we're putting people through traumatic conversion therapies and all of this, and we're, you know, causing mental health struggles for people because of especially the judgments people. on them. Yes, yeah. especially young when people. When you see that that's the result, why do you keep doing it? Like you're, At this point, it's just cruel. Like We can see that this is what we're doing to people, and we keep doing it. Yeah. It's I, horrible. Well, I think it all kind of boils down to this, like, Judgment, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking that you know better than someone else, um, thinking that you are, I don't know, the wisest people know that they know nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And you seem very wise for 15 oh, years old. Thank you. You don't seem like a know it all by any means. You, although your mom is making a face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to say I'm a know it all, but I like to say that I inform myself before I try and speak on different topics. Because I'm not going to go into something unprepared. I'm not going to go, well, you shouldn't do this because, and then not have a Mm counter-argument when they come at me with, but science says. So it's Mm -hmm. just, I try and keep myself informed so I can always, like, get back at them. Are you in debate? Because you should be. I'm a lawyer. I want to be in debate. If you're not. But, like, this, you, girl, you need Mm -hmm. to be into some debate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I, I look idea. forward to seeing all the work you're gonna do. I know you're doing amazing things I know. already. I know. I mean, like 15 years old. Right. Like, that's holy what, crap. That's what we keep saying in matriarch because most of us did not start doing social justice work until we're like 30. Right. And so now we're seeing all these 15 year olds coming and doing it. We're like, this is great. Like, cut that learning curve. These kids doing uh, this at 15 because you know oh, like, you have the time. You don't have the, uh, you know, like, society hasn't quite beat up on you as much. You're not as jaded as it's, we are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, it's really kind of perfect and beautiful. And I remember feeling as passionate about uh, social justice and not really knowing what to do with that passion at your right. age. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really great that you've got an outlet. It seems that way, that it would be super easy for us to be able to be in tune with ourselves. But it takes a lot. It takes a lot standing up to older people. Older people that will stare you in the face and go, you're wrong. Because they're grown and you have to listen to them because they're your elders. Mm -hmm. It's hard going against the rest of society when it seems like they're just stabbing you in the back trying to get you to sit back down. Well, that's being a woman. 
doing, that's being a woman doing a too. Beautiful job. And and being able to learn how to stand up for yourself now. Um, I mean, I'm 37 and I still struggle with men telling, talking to me like that and putting me in my place like that and, mm-hmm. and making it difficult for me to stand up for myself at this age. So mm-hmm. I'm, it's really great that you're learning how to do it and practicing it now. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of lateral violence between adults and between kids. Mm-hmm. And I've had children that were my age look me in the face and go, what are you doing? You could be doing this. You could be doing something else with your life. But no, you're sitting at the Capitol making a human rights speech. So I don't understand what their argument is for that because that's wrong in some way. I don't know in which way. Mm -hmm. Um, But you should be sitting in a classroom right now, not standing up for yourself and your culture and the rest of society because no one else will. There will always be people trying to silence you. Don't let anybody, don't listen to any of them. Don't ever listen to the voices. Listen to yourself. You're doing a great job, and I, I have no doubt that you're not going to let that stuff get to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, okay, so do you have any appearances or, or anything coming up, any events coming up? So I'm going to two powwows this weekend. Um, those I'll be making an appearance. Um, I, like I said, I speak on my platform wherever I go, so anytime I talk to someone, I tell them my platform and I introduce myself. So everywhere I go, I meet new people, and I always tell them about what I'm doing in the community. So I like to say that every appearance represents my platform. Um, I don't think I have any speaking arrangements coming up immediately. Do you have a website or social media or somewhere where people can uh, look to find more information about you? Um, I do have a Facebook, and I share a lot of stuff on missing and murdered Indigenous women on there. Um, It's not public, just because I am 16 years old. Right. Um, But I do try and help people when they have questions. You guys can always go to OFIW.org and email our pageant directors, and they'll get in contact with us so we could potentially get in contact with you. What was that again? Uh, OFIW.org. OFIW.org. It's the Oklahoma Federation of Indian Women. That's the organization in which I represent. Okay. Are you going to be at the symposium on the American Indian April 10th? Yes, I believe my senior and I, as well as the Miss and Junior Miss Muskogee Creek Nation Princesses, will be there, and we're doing a performance there. Oh, exciting. I'll get to see you, because I'm going to be on a pa- on the keynote panel. Oh, cool. So, that'll be fun. You can contact the podcast at BrokeBrokenPodcast at gmail.com. The Broken Broken Podcast can be found on Twitter at Broke Broken Show, on Instagram and Facebook at Broke Broken Podcast.